Listening Dog Media. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. The Rugby Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Welcome to Rocket. Today we're joined by Rav Wilding. He's had a career in the Army and in the Met Police, playing rugby for both of them. And of course, we know him as being a presenter on Crime Watch. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. How are you, mate? Are you good? Yeah, all good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for joining me and Brax on the Rocket. Uh, appreciate your time, mate. Um, busy Pleasure. day? Yeah, doing the show. So I'm in Wales. I'm the only English bloke. So, um, yeah, early start, <laughs> quarter to six start, so it's nice. Yeah. They, they, got, they let you in this time, did they? Yeah, just yeah. about. <laughs> At least you don't have to pay to get in. You still look like you've got makeup on. You look remarkably good, my friend. Look at you. You look great. Uh, it's because it's week one. You wait until the third week. I look like a yeah. zombie. <laughs> well, I, I did. I love some of your pictures. You just had a little one, haven't you, which is fantastic yeah. news, which is great. So I can't see any wrinkles yet, but when you... I mean, Nick's got one little fella, and I've got three I mean, boys. So look, look at the state of us. So you can say, you can say, <laughs> sort of, you, know, you, can see, you can see who looks worse. Brax looks like a share of poo. Um, <laughs> I'm getting there. You can see I can't even be bothered to shave and bits and pieces. You're looking nice and fresh, mate. But uh, you can see how, the slow deterioration of it all. Early how's the day. one? How are you? Yeah, she's it? good, mate. Yeah, she's good. It's, she's great. She's, um, she's obviously back home. With the missus at the moment, so I'm sure when I get back home tomorrow, I'll just get a little bundle of joy thrust in my arms and take her, take her. But yeah, she's great. Lots of work, hard work. Yeah, rewarding, though, mate. I've got to pick yeah, my yeah, one. Up from, I've got to pick my one up from nursery in 45 minutes' time, and uh, he's only just stopped crying when I hand him over in the gate. Tough love, mate. Don't, oh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't let him cling to you, mate. Just like hand him over. I'll be back later. Yeah, oh, got it all get that, get that trust straight, you know, a bit quicker, I reckon. But uh, like, everyone's got yeah, their yeah. own way. So, so, so mate, how have you been coping? How have you been coping with sport being back? We know you're a big rugby lover, big sports lover, but a big rugby man as well. Yeah, uh, it's great. Um, found it's, it's it's taken an age, you know. It just seems to have taken forever. Um, you know, we were in the, the the height of a Six Nations, and then suddenly it just all stopped, didn't it? And um, it's great that it's finally coming back on. It's great that we got rugby back on. Um, it's nice that Quinn's had the trial with about 3,000 fans, which I think from, from my point of view made a big difference. Uh, I'm sure the players appreciated having some fans there as well, cheering them on. So it's great to, to slowly get back. I mean, obviously all sorts is going on with uh, the rules at the moment, but it's great that we've got sport back on. And, one, of, uh, one of the things, uh, one of the things. I mean, I know. I just want to get your position right because I, I believe you're a centre. But um, I suppose yeah, I, I think you sort of as you as years went by, you ended up maybe in the back row. I don't know. I, like yeah, that's, number that's eight. kind of how it works, Frank. So basically, I was um, I was either a fifteen or a centre. But as I got older, the number on my back got smaller. So when I finished off, <laughs> I was in the back row. And I think if I played another year or so, I'll be in the front. So it's uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely slowed down a bit. Oh, you played play right. He was that yeah. desperate, was it? My goodness! <laughs> played for the army, played for the police, which is great. But um, yeah, you know so I played in the army. The army was probably about the highest level I played because it was it was quick. It was quick rugby. There weren't particularly yeah. massive lads because everyone did so much running. But the yeah. cardio side of it was just exhausting. So 
Um, that was probably the fastest paced rugby I played. Um, I also played a bit of league in there. So, uh, yeah, don't hate me, but I did a bit of that as well. Um, but yeah, that was, I played a lot there in the police played as well, which was some, some decent players in there. There's some really, I mean, obviously it's got a big history of, of representation in the national side as well from the police, um, players. So I played some good rugby there, but I think the quickest rugby was probably yeah. the army. It made that, Just, that makes sense, doesn't it? Mate, I, I have to say, actually, playing all around the world um, and, uh, you know, coming across, you know, teams that like to bend the rules and dirty teams. <laughs> when I played for my old boys, when I was at uni and went and went, I used to go back from back in the holidays, play for my old boys, you know, just keep fit, you know, play in a different team, be part of a different team. We played the Met Police a couple of times. <laughs> mate, the dirtiest team. <laughs> The, mate, the dirtiest thing, and this is back in like the late 90s, you know, and I was yeah. a young student, and I had so, you know, and I've still got a lot of respect for the police and everything, you know, lead by example, Laura Biden, all that. not on a rugby field, no. they'll, bend the, they'll bend the rules, mate, and as you say, that you know, they, they've got some very, very good players, but, you know, at that level, sort of, you know, it's probably level seven, level six rugby or something. You know, you've got a discrepancy of fitness and everything, but you've got some wild yeah. old characters there, mate. There's some big old love there. Lot. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me, unfortunately. Yeah, there's some big old lumps and tasty players as well. But um, yeah, good times. It's all about having a laugh, isn't it, for me? Rugby, to my sort of level, it's about enjoying it, grassroots stuff. And, and you certainly get that with it with the cops. Yeah, because I, I was just going to mention people like Wade Dooley, Dean Richards, yeah. Mark, Mark Layfield. You know, Paul, like, yeah, all pretty violent people, actually. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Do you know Black what? I, I'm inter- I'm really interested in um, you know on this podcast we, we'll, we'll be uh, we're talking quite a lot about uh, Pat Lamb's latest rant about uh, the fight on the pitch with uh, Piatau and um, Skivington. It's, it's interesting what your take on it is because he was saying quite rightly, you know, if you're on the street, you know, you get a chance to defend yourself, and yet both of the players got got uh, three weeks. But then I have lit- watched the video now and actually Piotr does punch him first. So I don't know why Pat Lamb said he's retaliating. But it's quite interesting because now, you know, rugby sort of folklore is, you know, you, you take a punch, you don't respond and that's the rules of the game. But in a way, Pat Lamb has a point to some extent. He does. Um, I actually saw, saw him say, I've got a certain amount of sympathy for him. He's absolutely right in what he's saying about, you know, common law, self-defence and all the rest of it. But rugby rules are what they are. And, you know, you players had it drummed into you, certainly the last few years of, of your playing time, that any retaliation is going to be taken so seriously. And I think that's what they were looking at with um, with Piatel, the, the fact that he retaliated um, and, and that's what got him in trouble. But it, when you look at it, he doesn't look as bad as, as perhaps what it could have been. You know, there's red yeah. cards and there's really, really bad red cards. Yeah. And unfortunately, letter of the law, it's, um, yeah, it does. I could see why, Pat, why, why Lamb, you know, was, was a bit angry about it. Because Alan Solomon's countered that, um, it was yesterday, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, fo- the, the following evening, you know, when Worcester were playing Bath. And I'm no lawyer. Um, but he certainly, you know, inferred in his sort of diatribe that um, he retaliated. And as you correctly say, provocation retaliation gets the same, you know, as long as you know, they throw one punch each or whatever, um, get, gets the sort of same um, disciplinary approach. Um, but he was saying, but he wasn't defending himself. Now, is there a difference in common law between defending yourself and retaliation? 
Um, because he was sort of making uh, the retaliation is okay, someone's come at you, they've probably stopped now. Now you've gone back at them, as opposed to you're under fire here, you know, there's a salvo coming at you, and you're literally just swinging to defend yourself. Yeah, again. that's and that's what Pat Lamb said, isn't it? He, he was the, the, the punches came yeah. at him, okay, one didn't connect, so he fired one back. Um, actually, in, in law, you, you can do what's called a, a preemptive strike. So, if you think that you are threatened, you can actually basically land the first blow. Yeah if it's justified in that circumstances. Now, I'm not on the whole court here, but I can see why, you know, Pat Lamb's actually got a pretty good angle on the law there. He's, he's, he's got a good point. Um, but I don't think the players have got a massive issue with it. It's, it's three, three game ban. It could have been, you know, we've seen a lot worse than, you know, length. Um, but I, I can see as his, as his boss, why he was angry. Yeah. Um, but, you uh, during lockdown, Rev. You um, you went back into the police, didn't you? You went back. Well, it never in. actually happened. It never oh, didn't happened. It, didn't I, it? I, I answered the call. Yeah, they they asked for a lot of us to come back. Um, there was there was a lot of cops that were off with uh, with COVID, self isolating. They were just yeah. They they put an answer the call out and said anyone wants to come back. All oh, right. Well, because I mean that was you might be able to answer the question. I was just going to sort of like you know with you know with policing now fast changing and yeah. You know, everything happening around the world and they're having to keep up and obviously, you know, camera phones and video phones around them. We're not going to talk about isolated incidents and everything, but, you know, you've been a part of the police. Mm. When did you join? Sort of 99 to sort of 2000? Uh, 2000. 2000. Um, but, okay, you might not have gone back uh, during lockdown, but uh, I'm sure you've got a lot of friends there and, and you're very yeah, close yeah. close to the organisation. Is You know, how has it changed? Um, you know, for the better and for the worse. And, you know, how do you see it improving it sort of in the future or getting better? Because that's what, you know, wh- whether it's go- going well in your opinion or not, that's what we always strive for, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's changed massively without, without question. And what you mentioned there with the camera phones and everyone stopping to video incidents rather than actually helping, that's a big thing that we've got at the moment. But you could almost compare it to rugby. You know, what we've just spoken about with, with the incident on the field, you two in your careers would have seen an awful lot worse that no one picked up on because it yeah. might have been perhaps an earlier point in your career when there wasn't as many cameras. or it was, When, when you know, we were playing the Met Police for my old boy. Yeah, <laughs> you were playing the Met Police. So... <laughs> Things have evolved and, and now, you know, we're having these discussions about a couple of red cards at the weekend that 10, 15 years ago, we, we certainly wouldn't be doing. Um, with the policing, that's something that they're finding now that everyone, rather than helping, is instantly interested in phoning and, and, and recording these incidents and then posting clips, most importantly, rather yeah, than the yeah. whole thing, clips yeah. of, of an incident. So that's a really worrying thing for officers. But what they have got is um, something that I was part of a trial for a few years ago, these body-worn cameras that you might have seen. So it gives the officers some protection. They were first brought in to actually capture an evidence, take, uh, uh, the evidence of something happening, like a big fight or something. But in fact, they've probably been more uh, helpful in protecting the own officers from, from allegations because yeah. it shows what actually happens and, and what the officers did and didn't do. So it's um, it's definitely evolved. It's definitely hard. I mean, I know so many officers that just want to leave or have left and just thinking, why are we doing this? No one's behind us. No one's supporting us. What are we doing it for? But then you've got the hardcore that just think, you know, we're still here to catch bad people. That's what we want to do. And it, it might be more challenging, but it, we still want to do that. 
Yeah. With, with the changing face of, of the police force, I just want to get your opinion on, on rugby, the changing face of the team. I mean, I think, you know, we're a similar era and you probably followed our era. What, what do you make of the difference between then and now? And uh, I guess you were frustrated with the final, um, you know, in, in Japan uh, that we lost against South Africa. What's your take on the progress of rugby since, since you started playing? Oh, it's, it's changed massively. So when I was when I was coming through the ranks, when I was a teenager, we'd have a training session with Mickey the Munch Skinner. And yeah. for me, that was England rugby, you know, this huge, great beer drinking lap. <laughs> and and if, you, if you give him the bleak test or something, he probably wouldn't know what that was. And, and then you look at it now, the, 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 the training, the cardio fitness, the everything they do, it's so, they're so well trained on, on that side of it, away from the actual playing of the game. Mm. So there's a lot more, I think, that's changed um, in that respect. But what I've noticed is how sort of scared of the media a lot of the, the younger lads are these days. So if I was to do a Q&A, if I was hosting an event and I had one of you two lads, it would be great. I could have a great, you know, great laugh. We'd have some stories. We'd have a lot of fun. Nick's stories are a bit, are a bit old. They're a bit, a bit dry. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe yeah, okay. he's, still, he's still bitter about the Met Police yeah. filling him in. But other than that, <laughs> of course he is. You know, yeah. we'd have a laugh. But some of the newer lads that are coming through, they are so paranoid about saying the wrong thing, they'd rather yeah. not say anything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I've had, so I've I think they've got that additional stage, pressure yeah. on them from the media. Sure. I think that media intrusion is something that the, the, the players now have got on top of everything else, on top of the professionalism, on top of the cardio fitness, the strength conditioning, on top of learning to play the game at a much faster pace than perhaps it was in the in the 80s and 90s when I was a kid watching it. You were them at Twickenham, and it's it's almost like one word answers. You know, yeah. it's uh, they're very scared of what what you know what they say and what might be used against them, but. Um, yeah, although Ellis Genge did call me, uh, call me a sausage after one of the games, which was quite funny, and I interviewed him straight afterwards. So some of them can speak their mind. But, um, yeah. you know, you, I, I noticed you've done quite a lot of reality TV show, and the one, one of yeah. them I'd, I'd have expected you to do really well, well in was the Strictly Come Dancing, because I thought you'd have oh, a bit of really? rhythm and stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, really? All the things, yeah. So of all the things you've done, there's quite a lot. I've just seen you have done quite a lot. So yeah. one of the, well, you obviously, you won the weakest league. Is that yeah. right? You won, you won Ready, Steady, Cook, which is pretty good. Um, right. Although Mastermind, we won't talk about Mastermind. Oh, the last one, I did it again. I did it twice, oh, did. the last one. What, what, I, was, I your, what, what was your specialist subjects of Mastermind? Well, uh, come on, Nick, it's a highbrow show, isn't it? So I did in between us. In between us, you, you could argue the writing for in between us is similar to Shakespeare. I wouldn't, but you could. <laughs> Mate, it was a good subject. But then it bit me in the backside because it's got three series and two films and yeah. a book they gave me. So I could have picked, picked something a lot easier, I think, than all that. Nick doesn't know. You've you got, you, you got, you got on tipping point, you've got 23 counters. You got the record, didn't you? Is there I anything you can't do? You can't dance. No. Or, or no. Ice <laughs> you cry around anything. Yeah, but yeah. Jack of all trades, master of none. That's me. Yeah, I can't. A lot skate. of fun. A lot of fun skate. doing it. Exactly. Let go have a laugh, right? Exactly. What do you reckon, then, Nick? If you had a go at the dancing, would you be any good? <laughs> no, no, I'd be awful, mate. Properly two left feet. I mean, the ice skating looks a bit easy, and there's not there, there's not many viewers for that, is there? Even though it's on a mainstream channel. The jung the jungle. I'd just be. I'd be afraid of my true self coming out, mate. I'd be so miserable on like, what is it? 
Yeah. Haskell was describing it's literally not even a fistful of rice you get a day if you obviously you know you've got to win those tasks haven't you or yeah. push dugger trials and things like that um, but that would probably be the one out of all of them um, that I'd have a go at because it's, it's more about sort of just digging in and being quite resilient and working as a team which is a little bit more familiar to obviously my background and everything but in terms of yeah. rhythm I have none Zero. <laughs> I must admit, I did think the Strictly one would be a bit easier than it was. I didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue. And you know when they say that you get on the dance floor and, and you, I don't know, Kieran, if you had this on the, on the, on yeah. the ice, if suddenly you, you go blank and then as soon as you get on the, on the dance floor, the ice suddenly all comes back to you and you, you remember that routine. Didn't come back to me. Didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue. Basically freestyle. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. But listen, yeah, we've taken up of your time. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, one of our top interviewers. So thanks very much. Is there anything in the offering? Is there any reality TV show in the offering that we should know about? No, no, just doing Crime Watch Roadshow at the moment. So that's on Good. every morning. So not too much banter and fun on that one, unfortunately. But um, if there is, your guys would be the first to know. Catching <laughs> criminals, mate. Greatest speech you have. Hey, and you, boys. Take Cheers, it easy. Mate. Take care. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Thanks Cheers, very much. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. Thanks for joining us with Rav. Don't forget, you can watch all our interviews on our new YouTube channel. Just search for Rocket. Nick Easter and myself will be back next Friday on Rocket. <laughs>